Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at that. Look at that dance shit creeping up on you, boy. <laughs> the weekend. When, when, when you start, when I say what's wrong and, and a man answers the weekend, that's when you know you ain't lit no more, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got shit to do these days, boy. <laughs> When the Gill family isn't, you know, huddled around, you know, passing down the ancestors' recipes, you know, that, that man has a motherfucking to-do list, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. He got a pregnant wife, boy. Ooh, I can dig it. Uh-huh. It's 80-some-odd degrees outside, so that doesn't make him any less irritable. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more comfortable. Yeah. My man. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Who 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 knew raw sex would be this much fun, huh? <laughs> shout out to the babies though, and shout out to the ladies who have blessed us with these babies. Um, that's quite the way to start this bitch. Was it two fifty nine? Two fifty nine today. Episode two fifty nine of the Full Go Podcast. Welcome on in. I'm Jason Goff. The voices that you may have already heard. I don't know because they edit this thing uh, when I am asleep. Uh, Tony Gill and of course our Chief Vibes Officer. Uh, Chris Sutton, fellas, uh, how was your weekend? Tony, we can start with you because, you know, you always <laughs> make us feel like we didn't accomplish enough, experience enough, nor read or get cultured enough during the weekend. So what was your weekend like, sir? Let's see. We, we leave with you so that our shit don't feel as bad when we rebound, you know, the ball and, and push up the break. Uh, no, man. I mean, you know, got to spend a lot of time with both my families, you know, the in-laws and my family. So, uh, my first go at barbecuing. Oh! Yeah. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold first on. Go. Hold. There, there's, 
There's questions here. When you say first mm-hmm. go, this is your yep. first what time lighting the grill, being being uh, in charge and command of the grill. Like mm-hmm. what are we? All what, are we what are we saying here? This is the, all so that. you've never had to commandeer the grill at a barbecue nope. before. Nope. Holy shit. And they chose first the first weekend of 30. the summer for you to do this. Yep. Ooh. Tell me how tell me how it went. What was the experience like for you? Because this so, is this is hey, this is hold on. This is key shit though. Because mm-hmm. we don't like we don't talk about this enough. We, we don't. We, we people don't prepare. get these lessons handed down the way that people mm-hmm. think. Like you, if you just watching your pops grill, you're more than likely your pops is a motherfucking hater, just like everybody else's dad. So they don't hand down the, the secret sauce because they want to stay, you know, the, the 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 head, you know, lying in the pack, right? My my dad, when he grilled, I just watched and hoped one day that I could mimic the steps that he took. And uh, it took me a while. And shit, I'm still learning how to control heat in certain places on my grill. But uh, tell me what we're working with. Like, you, 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 do you go gas? Are we talking charcoal? Uh, did you have some wood chips, a smoker? What are we doing here? My father-in-law uh, got a brand new, never-before-used propane uh, gas grill uh, that I had to to learn very quickly. It took me about four hours to realize how to regulate temperature on that oh, thing. We took that got an outdoor oven, though, baby. Come on now, man, it, got, on now. it got so hot so fast. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. it was at six hundred yes. degrees before I looked up. I was like, what the heck happened? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, that was a stunt. I don't know if you guys heard it, but the grill that was purchased by the Gills or the, or the Gill family or the the, the father in law, <laughs> the man's grill can get up to six hundred degrees on. Propane tank, so he ain't he ain't doing this summer test out shit that y'all out here buying for two hundred fifty bucks. You know what I mean? Just to see, just to see if you could throw a couple ears of corn on the cob on the grill. They out here <laughs> doing real grilling. So tell me more about this, you know, premium propane grill that you uh, that you were manning. So yeah, you know, I threw uh, a couple hot dogs just to test. You know, in the morning, that was that was my first thing. I didn't start early enough. <laughs> like man, when you Grilling for people, man, you need to be up by 30. <laughs> it's got to be piping by the time they get there. Yeah, one can't the, wait. Hey, can't wait. Yo, but one of those 30s, though, right? Like 530, 6:30, 7:30. You got to be up at a 30, though. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I'm talking about you need to have about 30 points. You got to have some some, some oh, okay. stuff already ready meant, to go for I people. Thought you early, I thought you meant early nah, morning. Okay. Nah, right, nah. You need right, to be up 30 better. points on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, otherwise, people be waiting around like, hey, man, what's, 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 what's good? Nothing worse. <laughs> Then a black barbecue where the food hasn't even touched the table yet. Not the grill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I, I didn't come here to watch you grill. And I'm talking about the food has to be on the table. Because, you know, we coming late, right? And if we mm-hmm. show up late, we expected you to be on time with your cooking. And mm-hmm. if I show up with my bag of ice or my, you know, 12-pack of peach crush or whatever the hell I brought... <laughs> I, I better have something to munch on while y'all put these, you know, these soda cans on ice. So you, you already you already started late, but you, you yeah. mentioned hot dogs as the tester. What else are we working with here, bro? So uh, the plan was hot dogs, chicken, burgers. Cool. I know how to cook chicken on a regular grill. I know how to cook hot dogs. I, you know, I know how to cook burgers. So that was simple. Uh, well, I was not expecting but steak. Oh, Tone. 
I was Bro, not expecting steak. That's the that's the easiest shit though. You hey, two and a half minutes on one side, two and a half on the other side. Come so, on, but Tom. also the most expensive. So I was like, I cannot mess those up. So I was I I stared at those things. I was like, if they still hungry, I'll get to it. So <laughs> <laughs> I went through the easy stuff first. You know, hot dogs, you just cook until you, you know, you got a little charcoal. Once I got the heat going, I was like, all right, cool. Um, the chicken, that was a, a bit more difficult because, you know, you you can't, ain't no messing up. Like, you got to hit 165 or everybody's dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so once, once I got used Facts. to trying, you know, got the meat thermometer going. So I tried to make Pause. this as simple as possible. Uh, the mm-hmm. burgers was fairly easy. Just season those. Fresh, you know, right on the grill, put cheese on it, everybody was straight. Uh, so we get to late at night and those steaks just staring me down, bro. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. So I put one on. I was like, all right, I'm running a test run. I undercooked it a little bit, but I was like, okay, it's pretty good. You know, grilled it. When you the say undercooked, are you talking about medium rare? Medium rare? So, what are we talking Yeah, it was it was leaning medium rare. Leaning, oh, okay, so you cooked, it pro- so you cooked it properly. You just cooked it right. improperly for a black barbecue. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get through the rest of them. I, I get some help. You know, uh, my wife, she helped me because that was a long day. She stood up there for a little bit. So that was great. Uh, and then my uh, her cousin, uh, he he's a grill master. So he got in around 8 o'clock. So I'm like, oh, yes. I don't got to be super. They don't got to be super dependent on me. Uh, to get these going. So Tony Gill just told us that he had chicken, burgers, and hot dogs, and then the steak staring him down. And then he elicited the help of your pregnant wife to cook or help you cook on a grill. Yeah, that's right. Get his ass up out of here. He left in shame. He yeah, left yeah. in shame. He, he, he should. He could deal he with should. it. That's a lot of pride. Hey, man. I, I don't remember the first time I had to be on the grill, but that is feeding people. First of all, is is um. There's something spiritual about it anyway. Whenever somebody's going to eat from, you know, the 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 blessings that you have uh, bestowed upon them, you hope that they're healthy and you hope that they're tasty. And both can go wrong at a barbecue, right? Like I I was just at a birthday party, you know, this weekend where I was like, "Ah, that coleslaw seemed like it's been outside for a little bit." You know, I know this shit started about 3 hours ago, you know. Anything white I got to run from in the summer. Well, well uh food-wise, <laughs> like, like coleslaw and pasta salad and the mayo, anything anything white in that realm, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want y'all to think I'm out here having militant barbecues where you can't bring anything with white sauce or white to the barbecue. You know what I mean? If not, if not, like, who are we going to make fun of, right? Like, that's the other thing, too. Shout out to all the black barbecues where they're always the two random white folks just popping up and you're like, all right, so who they work with and uh, is anybody uh, keeping track of them? You know what I mean? Is, is everything good with them? And then you go over there, and you shake their hand. You yeah. Know, okay, you go. Y'all good. All right, come on through. Come on through. You know, <laughs> this is where you sit at the spades table. This is where you be quiet. You know what I mean? But back to Tony's story where he is uh, enlisting the help of his pregnant wife on a grill. I want to hear more of this. 
You know, because we was just championing this man on Father's Day <laughs> for how amazing him and the rest of the men and his family were for handing down the stories from the ancestors before them. Now, all of a sudden, we see this man tapping out on a grill because, <laughs> because pretty much it's an outdoor right. oven, especially if it's a propane tank. It's an outdoor oven. It's got a knob. <laughs> it's got a lid. Like, I thought Tony was out here on a fucking drum that made out of a former file cabinet like we'd be seeing in some of these Instagram videos. You know what I mean? <laughs> How the brothers got a tire and a file cabinet, <laughs> and like there's an umbrella on top of it for the smoker, you know, portion of it. Tony is out here on a premium outdoor oven and fucking around talking about he can't control the heat. Well, turn one of the burners down, Tone. Like, what are we talking about, man? Like, nah, man, there's been very few times that I've been disappointed in you. This is one of those times, player. Uh, you hey, are. I, 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 I knew, I, I just know. knew you was out here on like a big green egg or, or, you know, I have to look grill. up instructions and YouTube. Um, for what, Tony? For a, for <laughs> a gas grill? I didn't know. This is my first time, bro. First time. I didn't want to kill nobody. All right? You've seen these horror stories on the news. Tony, how many times have you made food on the burners at the, on the stove? Quite oh, often, right? At the crib? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How is it any different on a propane tank? Hey, man. I don't know. I don't know. I have no knowledge of any outdoor cookware. Tony, it's just the stove outside, Tony. Hey, That's man. all it is. Hey, I got to learn, right? Ooh. I got, yeah, I you're, learn. Right. you're right. I, I shouldn't put you through it like this. You know, I can't wait to see you when you get a hold of some charcoal. You, you blame, you blame me for not knowing to how to play spades right now. I'm doing to you what everybody did to me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. So after your lady helped you, uh, take us take us through the journey now. You know, that was it, she helped because you know it was a lot of food, man, and a lot of people. So um, man, how many people are you cooking for, Tony? Oh, this was because uh, also it doubled as uh, it was the same time. It was for my sister in law's birthday. Um, it also doubled at the same time as their block party. So <laughs> hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's <laughs> let's 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 bring it back. Rewind. Let's bring it back. Tony Gill. At what point were you gonna say, "Hey, y'all, <laughs> this sound like two pretty important occasions, not only for the family but also for the rest of the people, the neighbors on the street." At what point were you gonna say, "You know what? This is too big a job for me." This is something that I literally have never done before. Maybe, just maybe, the family gathering of four to six would have been the testing ground before you chose to contaminate the entire block with your cuisine. <laughs> um, Jason, you don't get as far <laughs> as I got in this business not being overtly confident in anything that you have never done before. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> here, here, oh, preach, God. man. Preach. Uh, no, no, Chris. No, no, what are you doing? What are you doing, Chris? No, that is not preaching. That, that this man is out here. You know when his pod drop, we're gonna we gonna see some headlines, right? <laughs> the entire neighborhood struck him with salmonella poisoning <laughs> from mysterious meat at barbecue. <laughs> Tony Gill live on the scene narrating his own fucking murder. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? 
Hit a homer with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each Tuesday, all customers will get $5 in bonus bets for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you $5 for every home run. All right, I'm going with Jake Berger, ladies and gentlemen. Not only does he have the 17, 18 home runs to boot, but he's clean shaven. Yeah, that man is vying for a home run derby spot. He knows the cameras are going to be on him. He has gotten rid of the mustache and the beard. He is out here with the great face. I think it's going to generate more power, more launch angle, and he's going up against the Angels and that pitching staff. So I'm going with Jake Berger for my Dinger Tuesday pick. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app by going to FanDuel.com slash full go to pick your home run hitter. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. I have a question, though. Like, does everybody else know it's your first time? Yeah, I made that, I made that, I made that open. But I've always had that urge, right? I feel like man cooking meat just is natural. Is what's something that we're supposed to do, right? So I'm like... Yeah, right. I got this. I can do this. Once I get started, I'll be fine. And then that's what happened. That, that that's what ended up happening. Once I got started, it turned out okay. Everything was everything was fine. Everything was great. The food was good. Um, my mother in law, she marinated the the chicken. It was fine. Like all I had to do was you was know cooking. what you know what. Look, stop there. Stop there. Stop there. This is this is a PSA. Okay. Because it's something that I'm dealing with currently in my household. And I'm going to just say this. And it doesn't have to do. You said your mother-in-law marinade chicken? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this ain't for. What's, what's her name? Mama what? Uh, Pramila. All right. If this ain't for Mama Pramila. Uh, this is not for anyone close to me. But we got to stop marinating every goddamn thing. Like, oh, come on, Jay. No, 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 no. Let me be, let me, this is, I'm just certain times during this pod and certain times during my career, um, I've had a platform to say things that are uh, very near and dear to my heart. You know what I mean? Whether it be, um, uh, you know, um, the community's relations with the police, um, whether it be, you know, our duty to vote as a people, especially at the local level, to change things, uh, whether it be speaking out against any form of hate. Um, I think fourth, I would put in my manifesto, my mission statement in my career, uh, it has now risen to fourth at least, is we got to stop thinking we could just dump shit in a bag and then just put it in the fridge overnight and think that 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 shit's going to really do something. You know, there's a lot of things that we marinate that we should marinate. And I feel like, I feel like over this last couple of years, I've eaten every or sampled every form of marinade possible. Uh, you know, we marinate too long, uh, marinate too short. Um, how about we just season our food without some uh, oily or liquid substance being entered into the uh, the equation, you know, 
because we usually do that when the meat is bad or, or it's thin. I be seeing whole big ass chicken breasts full of fiber and no bone marinating for a day and a half. <laughs> and you take a bite of it and guess what it tastes like? A big ass chicken breast full of fiber and no bone that you didn't have to marinate for a day and a half. I'm, I'm sure Mama Pramila's marinade was great, but ladies out there, because fellas, I, y'all, there's no hope for y'all. You know, we, we all think that there's some special shit that we can do something to make it taste better. Ladies, stop forcing marinades on your loved ones. Okay? It doesn't make that big of a difference. And I know all y'all going to be, oh, you ain't had the right. I've had them all. I've had them all. I've had I, from the ones that TikTok teaches you to the ones that your grandmama handed down to you. You don't need to marinate everything. All the spices that Christopher Columbus raped and pillaged for, they're all right there for you. <laughs> they're all right there for you in the aisles. You could put them on your meat, pause right before <laughs> you throw them on the grill. We got to stop marinating things. It's not the move anymore. Like there are certain food things that we got to stop doing. Ladies and gentlemen, marinade is one of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chris, I don't know how you feel about marinades, but I marinated out. I marinated out. I mean, I've had some pretty good Jamaican jerk. I, and, guess, and guess what? I've had guess some what? good jerk chicken, yo. I saying. have two. I have two. I have two. And the best jerk chicken I've had is when the rub goes right on the chicken. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> when, the rub, I feel you. when the rub goes right. Like, we think for some reason, if we let something sit in something, that it's going, hey, more times than not, that shit is cooking it. Because y'all be out here marinating with these acidic ass juices. <laughs> and every, every, every lemon in the store is, 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 is packaged in your, you making ceviche, goddammit. You ain't marinating shit. You, I'll never forget the time that I put some, what I thought was a nice little marinade in an aluminum foil <laughs> with a little fish. You know, put that joint in the, in, the, in the fridge. I came back that night. It was already cooked. It was already cooked. The acidity and the lemon and everything in it cooked the fish for me. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then I started running the people who just can't wait to marinate some shit because they think that it's going to make it taste better. But I digress. All right. So Mama Pramila had the marinade jumping off. Right. And then what happened? Nah, man. Everything was, went good. I, I undercooked one piece of chicken. Mm. But you yeah. know, other other than that, man, do that to the dogs. Yeah, just just chop that one up to the game. Be like, hey, yeah. you know, at all the you stuff. Can, that you was can cooked always throw one. it back on the grill. You know, it's a it's a propane yeah. tank, so you really don't have to start anything. You just gotta turn a knob. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can. I, I love the fact that this man is acting like, yeah, man, the coals are ran out. We, you know, we had a cold grill at that point, so that piece of chicken just had to. You know, we just had to you know, let that one fly. No, motherfucker, it's just like the oven. <laughs> just throw it back uh, on no, that I was, bitch. I was, I was, yeah. By that time, I was like, yeah, hey man, was, I'm done. I'm sitting a down. A bridge too far, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting down. Uh, oh. But man, no, everybody had a good time. It was a great time, man. It was yeah. wonderful. It was warm outside. The babies was playing in the, in the little baby pool. And it was mm-hmm. just a, a beautiful scene. So, you know, it turned out to be all oh, right. Yeah. So. Summertime. Yeah. yeah, man. That's my introduction to, to Qin. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm going to, now that I noticed that's what you're on, like, that's what you, you done fucked up, though. Because now people know that you are able and ready to do this. 
And you yeah, didn't right. fuck I thought about that. You, you didn't fuck it up enough, so now they're gonna be like, "Oh, look, Tony's here." Let's. Yeah, You're the dude look. now. You're the dude yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you you just gotta show up, you know, with the with the ashy back of the foot, you know, that little heel, you know what I'm saying? You gotta show up with the heel sandals. I gotta be prepared. Yep, I need the 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 Crocs type situation. I need ash on the knee. So I, I want to earn the trust that when people see me off oh, yeah. rip, okay, that yeah. that's a man that knows what he's doing. He's ashy. Yeah. Um he got the 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 cool towel, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you gotta the, have a towel heat. on your left on your left mm-hmm. shoulder. That's all the time. Yep. Does he have an apron that has a cool saying on it or anything I like did, that? I, I gotta I gotta get the apron. I, I gotta get that. Okay. Still, okay. still waiting for that one. You got the um, outside but, the ear Bluetooth joint? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Got to yeah, rock with that. Those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get you a linen those. suit. You know, no drawers. Yep. You know what I'm saying? No drawers. At least at least eight dollars <laughs> worth of change in your pocket. You know what I mean? All coins. Uh, yep. Big ass key ring with sixty seven keys. keys on it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna mess around. I mean, I'll go half on you for with a turtle top van. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have the turtle top van. <laughs> You can't pull up to the barbecue as the old man without the turtle top van. You know what I mean? Plus that little sunroof, just have Newport smoke billowing out of it. You feel me? Like, let's, if we're going to do it, let's do it. We don't do shit halfway here on the full go, right? That's why we call it what we call it. So, uh, Colt 45, maybe by the grill uh, somewhere? At this maybe. point, probably just a good Remy Martin kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? I you. You oh, classy. Tony, oh, you're, oh, you're yeah. classy barbecue. Well, you know. You know. I, I was going to go Hennessy, but I didn't want to go too young on y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so a little Remy Martin, you know what I mean? Eighty four percent of this uh, this this podcast listenership right now is like, oh, all right. So they, all right, turtle top van. All right, we got linen suit. Hey, hey Rebecca, come in here. <laughs> <laughs> He's detailing things again. <laughs> Chris, what about you, man? How was your weekend, bro? Oh man, it was chill. Uh, I saw some family as well. It wasn't like a barbecue style of thing. It was just more like hanging out. It's summertime up here. What's that like? 80 degrees. Uh, man, flower petals just floating in the air and shit like that. So, um, no, it was cool. I mean, the main thing I did this weekend is uh, I've been starting to take my little girl to the movies. She's nice. like six years old, so she's starting to get into going to the theaters and stuff. Uh, that's what me and her mom used to do uh, before she was born, so we're getting into that kind of groove. Little Mermaid this weekend. Nice. Jay saw it it with his mom, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. How was the experience? Oh, it's pretty good. You know, um, tell me about Halle Halle Bailey's white daddy. Tell me, tell me about that. Oh, man. Don't get me started. (laughs) Javier Bardem, you know, is that white? I don't know. You know, but anyway, uh, it was, yeah, it was very, they had like the the Benetton kind of like mermaids out there. It was pretty cool. You know, I, a reason why I want her to watch it because it got so much heat. Like it's banned mm-hmm. in countries because yeah. of the Black Little Mermaid. Like, yeah. okay, hey. so we have Bridgerton around. People, nobody's saying anything about that. Like, <laughs> but the Little Mermaid is an issue. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That, but it everybody got to see the Little Mermaid. Bridgerton is just a, a pocket of certain people. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody remember Ariel and what she's supposed to look like and sound like. Right. I, I saw, I saw one of those things that if it was anything else, it would make you cry. But since it's us, it makes it, it made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> like, wait a minute, y'all, y'all don't think the mermaids is black he's, he's like what you think happened 
happened to all the motherfuckers you threw overboard? <laughs> like, what, what, exactly. What, what, exactly. What, you, what, what you think happening down there? You think the ancestors right. was just gonna come up and, and let it happen again? No, we started our own world down there. <laughs> so shout out to the Black Little Mermaid. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Shout out to the Black Little Mermaid. Uh, they did a good job, man. You know, so it was all good. But, you know, it's, all, yeah. it's always a treat to kick with my daughter. So, you know. That's outstanding. That's yeah. outstanding. I uh, I got a chance to uh, to blow my little guy's mind this weekend. Um, you know, pulled up and something different and uh, told him to come outside and check it out. And he had uh, never, never ridden in a convertible before. So he had a chance to move around like... Like only Jace Goff thinks he should move around, boy. This, yeah, I I don't know what I've created here. I think I've created another little me, but I didn't have me when I was me. You know what I mean? So it's like you know some of these dreams are being lived through very early. Like my man Herb Lawrence over at CSGO Sports is like, hey, why are these ten year olds sitting courtside? Like you're never really gonna go be able to go up from there, right? Like what you gonna do when they're fifteen? You know what I mean? Like just put them in center court while the game is going on I think unfortunately I'm raising one of them kids because now you know we we went to a birthday party it was a slash pool party he jumped in the pool had a blast did his thing ran around got dirty all day you know cake ice cream hot dogs just having just a, the the best time that a little kid could have we drove separately so I pull up and I'm like all right party's over you know all right see everybody later hey jay just checking in making sure you're safe you know hanging out with you for an hour or so during this party because i had errands to run we leave and he looks at he looks at the two cars and he goes i know who i'm riding with and i'm like oh i was like oh this is all right oh okay so at that point i told him he couldn't and shuffled him into <laughs> into, into my fiance's car and rode solo but he had a good weekend i had a good weekend man um yeah it was uh you know it was it was a decent weekend the first was well, the first actual day of summer here in the city of chicago uh, I'm sure I'll see those numbers uh, tomorrow, and we all know what numbers I'm talking about. But uh, I'm sure we'll see those numbers tomorrow. Hopefully, everybody got through this weekend safe. And uh, yay, baseball, huh? Baseball is fun again this weekend and back. So we'll talk about that next while we try to figure out if Tony could slave over a propane grill more than two or three times for the rest of this summer. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to the full goal with Jason Goff. So baseball is now like we're firmly entrenched in baseball season, right? Like we, <laughs> we got the NASCAR folks just milling around the city right now, setting up shop for uh, the sporting event of the summer, as I've heard it be called by a few, uh, as the Chicago race cup series gets ready to kick off the, the inaugural race coming up this upcoming weekend. We got the draft, the hockey draft coming up on Wednesday, Tuesday. We'll have somebody on hopefully to talk about that. But right now we're in the throes of baseball and don't look now, but there's some interesting things happening on both sides of town because for everything that I talked about last year, when it came to Luis Robert Jr., it is now starting to click for some reason. And 
still, we've had a season where he is not run, you know, <laughs> he's not run to first base accordingly. Uh, he's lollygagged it a little bit in the center field, but I'm willing to live through all that shit over the course of a 162 game season if this is what he is going to be. You know, last year, I thought he was a dark horse MVP candidate because we've been talking about this talent for the last two and a half, three years. The man has still yet to play over 100 games in a major league baseball season. But the the stuff that he has put together, especially over these last few weeks, I mean, the strike zone judgment, you know, him waiting deeper in the zone, later in the zone for some of these breaking pitches to do what they're supposed to do. Like he is swinging and hitting strikes now. He's he his strike zone judgment is outstanding. I mean, two home runs uh, against what's the young man's name? Cutter Crawford for the Boston Red Sox, who had only allowed one since April. He went deep off of him twice, made a, a a couple of great reads in the outfield. You know, slowly but surely, and it's you know I don't know if it's loudly or you know loudly quietly, but. This thing is kind of turning over to, you know, who's the best player on this team and who should probably we should probably pivot to here. And no shade to Tim Anderson, but this has not been a year to write home about. (laughs) And the mysterious why aren't you playing things that pop up? This team hasn't won a series outside of this Boston Red Sox series since what? June 14th, something like that. June 10th. I mean, they've gone a few weeks without winning this couple weeks without winning the series. So now that they've got the A's. And the Angels, the next seven games, I hate to do this. I hate to – they might still be hanging around, but they're hanging around because the division is ass. And the most talented team in the division is just talenting their way to wins instead of baseballing their way to wins. Like Pedro Grifo in the post-game press conference was like, hey, yeah, man, everybody's got talent. These dudes have all had talent. You know, the baseline is the talent, but playing the game the right way – is more important. And especially on a bullpen day where Tanner Banks goes out there and dude, he had an El Duque type performance there in that third inning where he had the bases loaded with, with one out and and he struck out. I'm sorry. Yeah. The bases loaded, no outs. And he struck out the side without, without getting damaged. He then hands that over to Jesse Schultons. He handles his business. Like, because Mike Clevenger has been hurt, this has been a normal thing over these last couple of rotations where you're going to have a bullpen day. And the bullpen, I mean, we they've been iffy. I mean, Joe Kelly, for the most part, has done his job. Kendall Graveman has been okay when healthy. Aaron Bummer, anytime Aaron Bummer's out there, I feel unsafe, even though he's got terrific stuff. You know, shit, he should feel unsafe. He took a, a, a liner, you know, and just in self-defense caught the ball, but it would have took his head off. You know, Sevi Savala was in behind the plate, like saying our fathers, <laughs> heavenly prayers. Like he thought Aaron Bummer was out of here because of the line shot that was hit back to him. But the bullpen did what they had to do. You know, if, if Michael Kopech can get his house in order, I mean, this, the problem with the Chicago White Sox is you look at them, and they're just like any ex that has let you down or any person that you know, like, I probably shouldn't be in a relationship with them. But damn, they fine. You know what I mean? Like, damn, they get it done. Ooh, we when you get on the phone or your heart start to flutter, right? Like, that's what the White Sox are. The White Sox are the relationship that you know you shouldn't be in. <laughs> that, that, that you know they don't like you as much as they say. That you know you may not like them as much as they say. 
But boy, <laughs> that, that, that walk out of the bathroom gets you every time, don't it? Where it's like, ah, oh, look at that. <laughs> that's my team right there. Like, that's what the White Sox did this weekend against the Red Sox. That's what they did. Andrew Benintendi all of a sudden, get, he gets put in the leadoff spot. The man was not out this entire series. What did he go, like 7 for 12, score like four runs? I mean, he was going crazy. And, and if he is, I don't expect him to be that kind of leadoff hitter, but if that is the infusion of energy that this team needs and this lineup needs at the top, then so be it. Because if Luis Robert Jr. is going to play like this, I mean, he is for sure an all-star. For sure an all-star. He's already got 20 home runs and 20 doubles. And I was watching the broadcast as they were talking about it. And, you know, you think 20 home runs, 20 doubles before the all-star break, that's star stuff. No, that's historic stuff on this team. Like, these are the guys in White Sox history who have had 20 home runs and 20 doubles before the All-Star break. Frank Thomas did it in 93, 94, and 2003, just to let you know how cold he was for a decade span. Like, there was a time where I thought Frank Thomas was the greatest right-hand hitter of all time. Maglio Ordonez, an oft-forgotten, nationally, you know, forgotten White Sox. People here in the city are always going to remember Mags and appreciate what he did for the franchise. In 2000, Maglio Ordonez had 20 home runs and 20 doubles. Jermaine Dye in 2008. Jose Abreu did it in 14 and 19. And 2023, Luis Robert Jr. sits in this class of players in White Sox history to have this kind of power before the All-Star break. I'm telling y'all now. This dude stays healthy. All the Bo Jackson comps and all the things that we thought about him when he was doing his half-naked sit-ups in his driveway (laughs) at his crib, you know, and wherever wherever he was at the time in Cuba. Like, yeah, man, dude, all that shit seems like it's coming around to pay off now. You know, watching him eat dinner and eat breakfast without his shirt and gold chains just swinging right when he got his contract. Like, I followed Luis Robert Jr. like an Instagram model the moment they acquired him. I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to watch him grow. (laughs) I'm going to watch him get them page clicks up. I'm going to watch him get them views up. That OnlyFans is about to drop anytime now. You know what I mean? (laughs) You already know. I know you scumbags out there listening know what the hell I'm talking about. Y'all know what the vibes are. Y'all see somebody on, y'all see one of these panelists on one of these shows. You're like, all right, let me go ahead and, all right, what is that, Cinnamon? All right, let me go ahead and follow that and see that career grow. That's exactly what we've been doing with Luis Robert Jr. Exactly. And I hate to equate Luis Robert Jr. to an OnlyFans person, but shout out to all OnlyFans people out there. This man has arrived. And if he can just continue to have the consistent strike zone judgment that he's had over these last few weeks, the game's going to be easy for him. The man's not swinging at balls lately, and he's pounding four-seam fastballs. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, who do a terrific job uh, on the on the uh, play-by-play and uh, color analysts. Dude, Jason Benetti said that four-seam fastballs aren't being hit at a greater rate by anybody in Major League Baseball right now. And I believe him because he's always got the numbers to back it up. Now, you may say to yourself, hey, man, four-seam fastballs, they should be easy to hit. No, no, because if you're swinging at your toes or at your nose the way Luis Robert Jr. has been throughout his career, they're pretty damn hard. It's hard to catch up to a 96-mile-an-hour eye-level fastball. But when it's belt level, right, when it's around the knees – I mean, he's got some, and you know what he's doing? He's going the other way. These things, these 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 shots are going to center field. They're going to right center. Like he is 
understanding something right now that if he could just, you know, it, it it's tempting, right? Because is it a locked in moment or is it just a, a span of two weeks where, you know, you're running into him because he feels like he's locked in. And if he gets locked in, this team is a different squad. Because then Eloy Jimenez doesn't have to be the centerpiece of your lineup. Then Tim Anderson doesn't have to be little Ricky Henderson, right? Like, it it just takes so much pressure off of everyone. If Luis Robert Jr. could be the player that everyone thought he was going to be at the outset. And this is the other thing, too. He's only 25 years old. Like, he is just hitting his physical prime. The problem is... You've seen the lapses. You've seen all the injuries. Like, you've seen some things that would give you reason to pause, and rightfully so. But you also got to latch on to some of the things that make you excited about not only him as a player, but about this ball club. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't go through a whole fucking summer hating the White Sox. It's going. It's easy to do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you, you, if you watch White Sox baseball day in, day out, it's easy to abhor this team. But if there is a glimmer of hope, because he looks like he should be cold. So when the looks match up to what actually is being provided on the field, uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, man. Y'all not going to find too many terse words uh, about him from me over the last couple of pods. He has been cooking. He has been absolutely cooking. And the White Sox pitching staff has as well. First of all, the Boston Red Sox came in here and struck out 38 times in a three-game series. Like, they came in here with dinner plans. You feel me? <laughs> it's like, hey, man, Gibson's, you know, that last table is going to be d- gone by 1045. Let's get out of here in this two and a half that we got. You know, <laughs> it's like Bugs Bunny versus the, the, the you know, the, the gas house gang. It's like, one, two, three strikes you out. One, two, three strikes you out. Like, Rafael Devers was the only one that had any kind of eye in the, the final game of the series. He had a couple of walks but other than that it was a lot of offers a lot of over threes a lot of over fours two k's here 1k here i mean that lineup it, it it says boston on the chest but that lineup really wasn't talking about shit this entire weekend because white Sox pitching has also been striking out people at an alarming rate as well white Sox, the white Sox staff as a whole like this is why the, everything is so maddening about this team they got seven straight games with 10 strikeouts or more like, when your pitching staff is missing bats at that rate, you should be unbeatable, okay? They also got seven games this season where they've had 14 or more strikeouts as a staff. They're sitting people down. 747 strikeouts this season coming into this game to lead Major League Baseball. So that's why this entire experience this season and last season has been so damn frustrating because you've got all the talent in the world and it's not being put together for whatever reason. So if Luis Robert Jr. keeps this up, God bless, because we need something. And on the other side of town, I mean, there's a bunch of interesting, interesting aspects when it comes to the Chicago Cubs. And we'll talk to Megan Matamura, who's in London covering the Cubs and who's getting ready to gallivant all across Europe after this series. But yeah, man. You know, Sox fans have been sitting in the cut here watching what's been happening on the north side because don't you ever, don't you ever for one second let a Sox fan tell you that they don't see what's going on on the north side. They see it. They're not cheering for it. They're not hoping the best for it, but they see it. And it's become more interesting, more likable, and seemingly the rebuild has, you know, get, gotten to the point now where it's time to start paying for things like, say, a Suzuki, like Dansby Swanson, you know, this year. This offseason, maybe a Shohei Otani or somebody like they're going to throw money at people because it's that time again. Sox fans have been sitting in the cut thinking, damn, they already got back to getting good again. 
So, Sox fans, you know, breathe easy, right? You got the Angels, you got the A's for seven games here. Hopefully, you win four out of you know, seven, hopefully, five out of seven. Go crazy, go six and one if you want, but it's time now. The, the Minnesota Twins and the Guardians and the Detroit Tigers are trash. You're trash only because you play trash baseball, not because you got bad talent. So in the end, when the White Sox do that little walk from the bathroom to wherever you, you want them to walk to, White Sox fans, go ahead and watch. You know, she pretty, ain't she? And the problem is, <laughs> you know what she's been up to all summer, too. <laughs> so protect yourself <laughs> at all costs, White Sox fans. Be happy about the, the engagement. Be happy about the, uh, the interaction, right? Be happy about the you up text that you're sending. But in the end, protect yourself and protect your feelings because they're coming for them one way or the other. Time for some commercials. Cubs talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the Cubs have won the ball game. Can you believe it? Wow. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Coming up next, right here on the Full Go Podcast, we get a chance to hang out with one of our favorites. She covers the Chicago Cubs for the Chicago Tribune. And boy, did she get a plum assignment. Megan Matsumuro is in London. We'll talk to her about the London series against the Cardinals, who she caught running around late night out there in London, and hopefully some other gossip and other stuff as well. So here comes Megan Matsumuro right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go uh, listen, you know, I, I would ask you about this Cubs Cardinals series, but I really want to ask you about the thing that I care about. I want to know, did Megan Montemuro take the city of London by storm or was this all work? Like, I want I want all the details, by the way. Like, I want to know who you saw stumbling around drunk while you were there. I want to know uh, who didn't have their passport on deck and had to hurry up and get that expedition, you know, get that thing sent to them expeditiously. Like, I want I want the uh, I want the juicy tidbits of this London trip. You can you can keep the baseball. Uh, um, I had a a chance to do a little bit of exploring, um, but I'm actually staying a couple days extra now on the back end of it. Okay. Um, so gonna, gonna check out London the next couple days, go to Paris, go to Italy. So yeah, cramming stuff in after the, the work part is done. Oh, okay. You're going to set Shoreditch on fire. The only reason I know yeah, some of exactly. these things, I'm not some <laughs> world traveler or some, you know, culturally, um, you know, uh, diverse young man when it comes to travel, but I got a chance to go see the Raiders play the Bears and, oh, uh, nice. in, in London, you know, not too long ago, went out there with my boys and shout out to all my guys, but you know, <laughs> guys really, guys travel in certain ways and, and, you know, we didn't have it all together. We, this that was like our third or fourth guys trip and soon as we landed a few guys wanted to eat something and i'm like hey we're in london and somehow some way we ended up at nando's so uh you know <laughs> so, so so i'm sure it's a little bit different when it's a, it's a work trip but how did uh how did the brits accept baseball like how did they take on the game i remember when i was down there i saw a whole bunch of jacksonville jaguars and new york giants jerseys just people wanting to wear football shit for no reason like how did uh how did london accept baseball this time around yeah so it's interesting because the stadium that they converted um, was the like track and field venue from the 2012 um, Olympic Games that then became West Ham United's home stadium. 
Um, so walking around that area in, in the Stratford part of London, um, you know, the last two days, like, like I, I saw so many different hats, jerseys of teams and players that weren't Cubs Cardinals. Like, <laughs> you know, you could tell it was, I, I don't know. The nine Mets are much, my favorite squadron type of stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure like how much the breakdown was like just baseball fans from the States coming over versus, you know, British fans that, you know, have loose following or connections to, to other teams around the league, but it was really cool just to see the variety of fandom around the ballpark. Um, you know, 50, around 55,000 for each game. Um, mm. so yeah, it's like around the venue, like you could, you definitely felt like the vibe. It was interesting. Like I went, um, you know, the day before more towards downtown London, like London eye area and Mm -hmm. don't really necessarily see like any advertising for these two (laughs) games that were going to happen. So it was kind of an interesting, interesting dynamic that like, if you were around the stadium um, and like that part of the city where the games were being played, um, you could tell like, okay, baseball's here and all that. Um, And so I don't, I don't know necessarily how much it resonated throughout London, but if you, if you are in that concentrated you a, area, you were, you were right. aware. If you were, if you were a British fan who was like, it was on your radar, like it certainly um, was, a, it was certainly appealing um, to be part of it. I mean, it was just really cool. Just, you know, seeing just how many people were so excited to be, you know, watching this game in a, in a different environment and a different culture. And uh, you can see why MLB wants to be playing these types of games internationally. Now, I, you know, a football trip for football fans and a football fan base is a little bit different than a baseball trip for baseball fans and a baseball fan base. <laughs> because my my one thing is uh, none of us can pretend that we were Chicago Bears walking around the streets <laughs> of London. You feel me? Right. But baseball yes. is the everyman sport. I wonder just how many people got off, you know, how many how many in shape, you know, young men we got off. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with the team, you know, just, just traveling, just doing my thing. You know, I, I'm sure there's a, a few grifters out there like that. Were there more, was there more of a Cubs uh, fan representation or was there the, the Cardinals fans, you know, scrapping up all that money since they ain't got shit to do in St. Louis and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and flooding the streets with, uh, with, with, with Redbird paraphernalia. Um, there, there definitely felt like there was pretty good, pretty good, strong uh, Cardinals representation. I do think it was more skewed a little bit more towards Cubs as, fans as it should be. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and it's interesting too, like the, the team had like a rally at a pub um, in London on Thursday and talking to some fans there. It was just interesting to hear like for how so many of them, like WGN played such a huge role in, in them becoming fans. Like I talked to two sisters who grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, you oh. know, that became Cubs fans because of the AAA team and that the games were on WGN. And even though they live in Houston and Baltimore now, and and one of their kids is only has only lived in Houston as a Cubs fan. Like it's it's just cool hearing those kind of stories yeah. of like how how fans become fans. Um, so yeah, no, I I think definitely it skewed a little bit more Cubs, but um, there was certainly a strong Cardinals fan base. Then you also had just general baseball fans mixed into that as well. 
Yeah, if you if you heard a a a young handsome man from the west side of Chicago by way of Tampa, Florida, my buddy Mike B was down there, so <laughs> I, I I I'm sure he got a he got his uh, his money's worth in his two days there. So let's get into what actually happened in this split series. Uh, you have the Ian Happ game, and then you have the Marcus Stroman game. Uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Stroman, let's start with him. The the blister. How prohibitive will this be going forward? What's his history been with blisters? Um, he didn't look himself. And he wasn't helped out by Trey Mancini's defense. And it was just a it was a nasty game, a clunky game all the way around in game two. But what's the latest on Marcus Stroman? Yeah, Stroman didn't sound too concerned about the blister. You know, he said he's dealt with that um, before in his career because he's such a heavy sinker slider pitcher. He puts a lot of pressure on that right index finger. Um, so it first started that spot on the finger started feeling hot um, as he was throwing in the bullpen pregame warming up. And then it kind of ma- it man- ultimately manifested into a blister um, forming in, in the first and second inning. And it, it bothered him, you know, until he was pulled in the fourth. Um, it, it didn't burst, though. So that should quicken the healing process. Mm. Um, he sounded optimistic that he he won't miss his next start whenever that is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he didn't sound too worried, especially given his experience with it, but it certainly affected him. Like he felt like mechanically he, he felt good. His body felt good, but just the blister prevented him from being able to, to get the type of pitch movement and, and locating the pitch as well as he wanted to. Before we get to the Ian Happ part of the equation of game one with the two home runs, is it bad that my favorite player on this team has been since the start of this year and continues to be Nico Horner? Like anytime I turn on Cubs baseball, it seems like Nico Horner is affecting the game in some way, whether it be his base running, you know, in, in game two, he, he gets to second base on a steal and then lollygag in second base with the St. Louis Cardinals lets the ball get away from me. He advances to third. He scores two batters later. Uh, I think he plays a damn good middle infield, especially next to Dansby Swanson. Uh, he is, you know, he's one of these dudes where if you win down the line, you, you got firmly entrenched in the camp of Nico Horner and you feel like it pay off felt like it pays off because he's not a star he's not a mm-hmm. he's not a big name around major league baseball but for whatever reason that dude that dude seems to chime in with with um impact plays and I I haven't looked at his war I haven't looked at some of the advanced metrics so I'm sure a lot of the dudes are, that are listening to this right now could be screaming me down but it just seems like he um he he makes something happen without forcing the issue it just seems like his game naturally you know dumps into a lot of little pockets that fill up winning. Yeah, I mean, his baseball IQ is really off the charts. I mean, he just has such a great understanding of himself, what he's capable of doing with his athleticism, um, the ways that you can impact a game, even if maybe you are in a hitting slump. Um, You know, defense can always positively impact a game, even if you're not, you know, putting things together the way you want it at the plate. Um, you know, he brings this great energy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think his style of play just fits in really well with the team that, that has a lot of veterans and he's becoming, uh, a veteran himself at this point in his career. And yeah, he just does a lot of little things 
really well that puts a lot of pressure on the opposing team and you're going to win a lot of games when you have those kind of players on your team. Is he going to have to face and maybe clubhouse leader of this team? You're, you're around these guys every single day, you know, you're now going across the pond with them, right? So it, it, when I when I think about Ian Happ, I know he's got the the weekly spot here in the city on the mm-hmm. score. Every time he every time there's a chance to be mic'd up, it's Ian Happ who's taking the bullet for everybody. It's, in fact, you know, I'm not mad at him for you know, kicking the, uh, the 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 headset out of his ear uh, during the uh, during the interview with Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez. I don't think that was just a hustle play. I think that was strategic, but on <laughs> on Ian Happ's part, and I don't blame him for to be honest with you. I really really don't blame him. But is he is he the stated leader of this team or the understated leader of this team, especially now that this is the first season without Wilson Contreras and so long? Yeah, I think there's certainly that dynamic. I mean, because he's a homegrown player, he came up and he played with the guys that were part of that previous, you know, championship core. Um, You know, I think it's a really interesting clubhouse dynamic because you have a lot of guys that are like, obviously super serious about their craft and, and um, are more lead by example kind of guys like a half, you know, a a Horner, Dansby Swanson. Um, Like, so it's a, it's kind of a, a serious group in there. And, and I think, you know, it, goes to to show like they miss Cody Bellinger when he was out for more than just what he did on the field, because this is a guy who has a more, you know, I don't know if lighthearted personality is the right word, but he, he, he lightens things up. You know, he's, he's a, he's a jokester. Um, and you need that dynamic in the clubhouse when there are so many like baseball series focused guys in there. Um, but I do think Hap does a really good job of, when they need it to be that guy that can, like you said, be the face, take on some of those like extra things that can be an annoyance, like the in-game interview type things. Um, And so I think he's really grown into that type of role and he's become more comfortable with it. I think it's, it's helped that, you know, over the last couple of years, he's been their players union rep, you know, he's taken on more responsibilities um, within the MLB players association, especially during the, the, the past lockout and his role on some of those committees. Um, so yeah, I think he's gotten a lot more comfortable with that. And it's been interesting to, to watch those dynamics um, when you do have so many kind of more <laughs> serious, like I'm focused on my craft kind of guys in there. Yeah, baseball, man. Just a <laughs> bunch of hard edge, angry dudes who are in the sun all the time. Like, yeah. like you, you get to be outside. You get to be in the city for three days away from your kids. Like, smile a little bit more out there, man. <laughs> I know it's 162 of them, and I know it wears on you, but man, please, y'all, y'all got the life. Um, I want to ask you about this, uh, the Wilson Contreras factor, right? Like being in the city where you're, you know, you're supposed to be the ambassador for baseball and you're also in a city where you, your former team is in close confines. Like you can bump into them in the streets of London anytime. Like, was there any, was there any Wilson Contreras? I miss you eyes happening <laughs> because hell he, he got broken up with twice before they actually broke up with him. So was there, was there any of that connection that you saw in or around the event? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it helps that, you know, the, the Cubs Cardinals already had met once this year at Wrigley with Wilson coming back and, you know, that kind of awkward return, um, already mm-hmm. going down. Um, and, and I think like, you know, as tough as it was, you know, probably for Wilson to, to have to move on when 
you know, clearly the Cubs didn't see him as a fit for what they wanted from that position going forward. I mean, from the Cubs perspective, I mean, they love what they've gotten from Jan Gomes. Um, Miguel Amaya has been a huge bright spot um, as this, this young dynamic uh, two way catcher and, you know, Tucker Barnhart for, for his office of deficiencies. I mean, he's been huge in Marcus Stroman's success. Um, he, he's basically been catching every start of his and, and Stroman has given, given him a ton of credit for the way he calls games and the framing he does, especially low in the zone for his sinkers um, and sliders. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it ultimately was, you know, best on both sides to, to kind of go in, in different directions. Um, but clearly I think, you know, for the duration of, you know, the five years Wilson will be in St. Louis, he clearly thrives on the the villain aspect and, you know, has risen to the occasion when he's played the Cubs so far this year. Colleague that you know, enjoy this experience to its fullest. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? Said, who's the colleague that you know, <laughs> enjoyed this experience to its fullest. And whoever just popped in your head is the person that you have to say. I don't want the, the politically correct Eminem on this pod. I, we have we have dust that relationship off where we could just say whatever we need to say to each other. Give me well, give me the person that, you know, didn't get cheated by London. <laughs> well, I was going to say, there was only three of us from the beat that made well, the trip. it makes it pretty Chicago. easy, doesn't it, Meg? <laughs> so, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat, though, and say both because oh. both of them, Jordan from MLB.com and Maddie from the Sun-Times, um, both came out here early um, with their respective partners and got uh-huh. to enjoy London. So I'm going to cheat and say both of them since totally. they already got their... Mm-hmm. They already right. got their vacation part right. Tony, in on see, it. I know. I, t- I, I, didn't I told have a lot you, of I, Tony. I told you she wasn't going to give us the goods, man. I, I told have, you. I didn't have. <laughs> I didn't have you could have said Maddie was swinging from the rafters. You could. You could have. You, you know. You could have said that you you didn't see one of them until it was first pitch. Like you could have. Could have spiced this thing up for us, man. I, mean, I, mean, come I, on I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do them dirty because who knows, uh, you know, what they might say in the future about me then, you know? Oh, <laughs> all right, Tony, we got her. We got her. We got her. It was it was Meg who was out here doing oh, yeah. everything that she possibly could do. All right, so what time is it there as we are uh, recording this right now? What time is it? It is just after 1230 in the morning, uh, oh. so technically Monday now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, Meg, Meg's getting ready to go out, ladies and gentlemen. If you're wondering <laughs> why the camera is not on, it is because she is about to go tear up the town. Meg, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Where you say you're going after this? Not this pod. Uh, I don't want to know that. I'm talking about the cities after this. After London, Paris, and then Rome. Ooh, we. See, yeah. Tony, see what happens when you when you you know invest responsibly and have a, a terrific MLB beat career. You can you can find yourself in Paris and Rome shortly after work. <laughs> yeah, all, all those, all those <laughs> nice hotels world. over the years have finally paid off. <laughs> oh my God! Can I tell you something? I yeah. just found <laughs> out, and this is the kind of idiot I am. I mean, I'm sure everybody by now knows the kind of idiot I'm after all these years of speaking into a microphone. But I just found out, like. The use of points. Yeah. Like, I have been look at you. See, she laughed at me like like my lady <laughs> laughed at me just now. I have been just buying things, charging things, paying for things, and then accruing points and not knowing. So I'm getting ready to book this trip to go 
uh, to see the Terrence Crawford Errol Spence fight in, in yeah. uh, Vegas in late July. And my lady was like, why? First of all, you know, if, we, if you want to block this out, Tony, that's fine. I, I'm making fun of myself. I'm talking about the actual the actual uh, company that I use. But I am an old school Expedia guy, bag. I mess yeah. around and, <laughs> hey, if they can go ahead and find it for me, even if it's $600 more than I would have paid, thank you so much for packaging it. I got yelled at as she told me to use my points. I have been accruing points for a decade now that I didn't even oh know about. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I wow. just found out the use of points. I'm so excited to tell people how stupid I've been for so long. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Like, I just got I just got my entire trip just done and in first class just because just of points. Shout yeah, out to I rewards. Mean, I was wondering I mean, what these fucking commercials were about this last yeah, decade or so. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the one that can go on a European adventure at this point. <laughs> well, I won't have half as much fun as you are getting ready to have. Megan, I, I hope this experience was awesome for you. Not not very often does the gig send you somewhere that you would like to go. Uh, so I, I hope this was cool for you. I hope that these next few days as you're gallivanting around Europe uh, are awesome for you as well. Thank you for uh, taking some of your time out of your night because I know you're about to go tear it up because I'm going to talk to Maddie and she's going to tell me it's you all right she gonna tell me it's you that's been acting a fool out there so you enjoy yourself party safety thanks thanks for having me on appreciate Appreciate it appreciate you megan about to roar right here on the full go podcast That's all the time we have for episode 259 of the full go podcast with jason golf Brought to you by The Ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. Want to thank our guest, Megan Montemoro of the Chicago Tribune. Thank you so much. And Megan, I hope you uh, hope you enjoy your trips to, I think it was Rome, right? In Paris. Like, Meg's about to act up out here. And she deserves it. She deserves it. She does a terrific job. Make sure you continue to read her stuff in the Chicago Tribune. Want to thank our production staff, as always. The shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. My main man. The grill master himself, Tony Gill. And of course, the chief vibes officer, Chris Sutton. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thanking you for sharing this thing with your family and friends, following us on all the socials, uh, rating and reviewing us, giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we're going to catch you in these streets. Uh, Yeah, and just being down with the pod. We're going to have a good summer. Tuesday, we'll get some hockey talk in here because Wednesday, the Blackhawks have their first pick in the NHL draft. A new era of Blackhawks hockey will start on Wednesday, so we'll give you the lowdown on... uh, what the uh, the plans are for the number one pick. If you don't know by now, it's going to be Bedard, but we'll talk about that more on Tuesday. Make sure you know that the voicemail line is open for you, 773-359-3103. I want your tales of grilling gone wrong, okay? In honor of Tony Gill, he did not kill anybody uh, like we know of. Uh, he threw away the, the only piece of undercooked chicken, right? Like a good chef should, Okay, so for all of y'all out there who have had mishaps on the grill, how and why have they happened? You know what I mean? Have you singed those eyebrows? Is there a child with a mark that will permanently be there? Like, what have you done on the grill that has embarrassed you or the people around you or even hurt or maimed those people? You can implicate and indict yourself at 773-359-3103. That is the full goal voicemail line. Until Tuesday, when we highlight y'all, as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free.
Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. 